This is exactly right. Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Curdy B. How are you? I'm good, Scotty. How are you? I'm good. I like our minisodes. Thank you for sending in your stories to the bananas podcast at gmail.com or DMing us. Or I think the one I'm going to do today was texted to the bananas phone, which oh, I encourage anybody nice. to do. It's an unfair advantage over Kurt because I get to see a few extra wacky, wacky banana stories. But the phone number, bananas phone, 213. 213- Two one four seven nine seven four, and just to just to get the business out of the way, if yeah. you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, take a moment, pause it, and just go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yep, I don't know why it matters. It matters so much, but it really matters. Uh, that is something you could do that would really make us very very happy. Um, Guys, we have so many great stories. You guys keep sending such great stories. It's really true. I really do enjoy the minisodes. Do you want to? Do you, you you want to go first, Scotty? Shall I go first? How? Uh, why don't you? Well, I don't really care. Let's say you go first on this one. I'll go first Alrighty. on the next one. All righty, buddy. Uh, so this coming in from Aaron Erdman. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Back in the late 2000s, my then-boyfriend lived in a testosterone-heavy home that hosted parties regularly. Problems. I came, I partied, I conquered. (laughs) Uh, Waking up far too late in his bed, realizing I had therapy in an hour, I half-jetted out of there but had to get water first. After getting a glass full and chugging it like a hungover 20-year-old does, Mm -hmm. I noticed an open bag of those gummy, sugar-coated peach O's. Yep. Uh, There were exactly two. Being the nice girlfriend I was, I brought the baggie up to my boyfriend's bedroom and fed him one and had one myself. My morality didn't allow her to eat both. Uh, I drove home, showered. Very nice gut person. Got back in the car and started driving to therapy at 1030 on a Monday morning. Nice. Suddenly, I realized I was not capable of operating machinery. Oh, God. Thinking I was having a brain aneurysm, I drove home only to realize I left my phone at my boyfriend's place. I knock on my apartment neighbor's door and (laughs) ask to borrow their phone, call the therapist, and leave a voicemail saying, Doctor, I am incapable of operating heavy machinery, so I won't make today's appointment. As many who were born in the 1980s will know, playing solitaire on the old computer is the ultimate safe space. I never really thought about that, but I guess that is. To me, playing solitaire on the computer was a thing that I just did to kill time at work. Yes. You know? Pinball, solitaire, or minesweep, but I never even understood how to play minesweep. I would just do it and then lose and go, okay, I I don't know how to do this. (laughs) I always get minesweep confused with minecraft and people love minecraft i think it's much more complicated than yes sweep <laughs> neither one for us we are way too stupid for either one we are tiddlywinks anyway i love the idea that all these people are spending 30 hours playing minesweeper <laughs> <laughs> okay uh 
Uh, so yeah, is, playing solitaire on the old computer is the ultimate safe space. After calling the therapist, I attempted a game of sol- solitaire. Okay. It didn't go so great. Uh-oh. It didn't feel like a safe space at all. So I go back to the neighbors and ask to use their phone again. I call uh-huh. my boyfriend, and the moment he picks up, he says, what a beautiful day. I've been on the quad <laughs> high-fiving people because the world is so beautiful. And I realized okay. immediately that the two gummy peach O's we oh, had, uh, we are, we are, we ate had been dosed. Uh, we made arrangements to meet at a park and just hang and go through the trip. Turned out to be a lovely day, but don't ever eat pre-opened candy. This wow. was in regards to the mini-sode regarding Kurt's girlfriend dosing him. I felt compared, compelled to share. So what did they get dosed with, do you think? LSD? That's acid. Acid. Uh-huh. Yep. 100%. Huh. Uh, I remember it was very common in like like the early 2000s, late 90s to put it in like gummy O's. There were always O's too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I... I remember I was in New Orleans and they had some. My buddy oh, had some. Mm-hmm. And everybody took it except for me and I've never done that. Usually I'm always the one yeah, taking it. Yeah, you were drugs. all in. Back in the day you were all in. Back in the day I was all in. And this was the one time I didn't. So I was like... The sober, the sober yeah, dad, like shepherding everybody through the day. You were the shaman, yeah. And I, it is a good thing I was there, man, because it was my buddy Darby upon, like, right as it was like kicking in, and it is, it can be an intense like ramp up, you know, with mm-hmm. acid. He, <laughs> I come around a corner. I'm just like having a beer in the other room, and I come around the corner, and he's on the floor. He's opened up a stapler. Oh, no. And and is just dumping the staples into his mouth. No! <laughs> no! It was, like, was the craziest move. It was like... It was like a textbook acid, like like yeah, in a PSA. movie, in a bad movie. Exactly. He's going to eat staples. <laughs> what? So I had to, like, pull staples out of his mouth. Oh, my God. And it's oh, my all, God. Yeah. It was really, it was really intense. And so um, did he explain what he thought he was doing? Was he like, no, dude... You got to understand. It's about cohesion. No, no. no, he was like beyond words at that point. Uh, I guess it was very strong acid. He came down a little bit and he was like, you, we could like lead him places, you know? Yeah. Um, and we eventually just like got them, got everybody on like a little hill overlooking the, the, the water, yeah. like the Mississippi River. And then that was it. That's all. They had two giant wooden spoons, and then the wooden spoons were something very important to them. They kept holding it up, and I was just like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I was going to oh, drink really? my beer and smoke cigarettes. <laughs> hey, Kurt, what about these? Another wooden spoon. Same one as before, even. I, I got saved by not having a sweet tooth. I don't really have a sweet tooth at all, and it's almost especially true for chocolate. I don't really care. It's fine. Like, if people give me... You know, if I'm being a good sport and eating, there's chocolate cake, I'll be like, yes, and I will enjoy it, and I don't really ever think about it again. Yeah. Um, I befriended these guys. They were new in high school, uh, brothers, and I became friends with them, and they had this huge house. Uh, the dad was actually a really well-known working actor, which was rare for my town. I mean, it was so far from Hollywood or New York, it's crazy. Yeah. But one of the first times I went over, they had like a crew of their friends, and it was one of the guys was Stinky Dan, the guy I talked about on a bunch of pods ago <laughs> that could slap his ass and make himself fart on command. So 
They come ah. over, and the younger brother, Hunter, is like, hey, Scotty, uh, we made brownies. You want brownies? They're so good. I'm like, are they weed brownies? And and they were like, no. And I was like, I'm good. And they're like, really? And they had made like two batches of brownies. And so we hang out all night, and we're shooting pool, and we're doing all the fun stuff in this big house. And then I guess I went home, or maybe I spent the night, went to work the next day, and I get a call pretexting from my friend. He's like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm fine. How are you? He goes, oh, we're over here shitting our brains out. Hunter put chocolate X-lax in those brownies. How many did you eat? I said, zero. He goes, me and Spinelli, this guy and this other guy, Spinelli, I guess like got high and ate the entire tray and then woke up at like 3 a.m. and were just done, <laughs> like just glued to toilet. And I was like saved. It made me feel I had to go to work all day. It made me feel so like it. Talk about a diet strategy. Just like, Wait, hey, who did it? Stinky Dan did it. No, Stinky Dan's friend, my friend, <laughs> younger brother Hunter. Hunter, they just bought. He just they, tried to fuck everybody. Yeah, he they to gave fuck everybody, everybody in the house, and everybody but me and Stinky Dan and Hunter ate them. And the other guys were just like had that gurgle moment, that uh, that dumb and dumber moment. And then he was like, "How are you?" And I'm like. Totally good, man. Fun, fun hanging last night, bud. <laughs> I remember there was always a thing too with vas uh, with visine. Yes. Do you remember that too? Yes, it's a I big waiter being, thing. I yeah, I, I think I was in. I was in Florida with a bunch of guys who, like, uh, my grandmother lived in Florida. Yes, and right down the street was this dude who I would hang out with. Yes, um, who. I would love to know he, what he's up to because sure. he is either like a conservationist, uh, like scuba dive instructor, uh, right. or he stormed a capital. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, it's either one or the other. Yes. <laughs> Lunatic fringe. Um, yeah. And it was a buddy of his. And oh, I God. remember like their oh, friend God. got up and went to the bathroom and he took out a Visine thing and just squirted it in. And he's like, that guy's going to be fucked tonight. Yes. And I was just like, why is that fun to do to a person? I don't know. I hate friend? pranks. I hate it. I hate pranks. I hate it. Leave everybody alone, especially like the older you get when you're like, oh, I think it's funny to lock someone in their bathroom all night with a you're like, life is too hard. We're all too busy and tired already. Let's not um, yeah. butt torture each other. <laughs> oh, all right. Give me, give me one, Scotty. Okay. Totally different, which is great. I love when our stories are so incredibly different. This was texted to me. I think you're going to really like this one, Kurt. Hey, Scotty. I got a banana story for you. I used to be in an underground Viking metal band called Ancient Wind. <laughs> Yes, 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 what yes. A great, what a perfect first sentence. I mean, underground Viking. What a, Are there mainstream Viking metal bands? This uh, one has to be underground. Yeah. Is Mastodon? <laughs> That's the only one I could... Maybe Mastodon. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, So Ancient Wind. <laughs> Ancient Wind. Fucking great. We mostly played shows in Colorado, and we're playing a show at a local bar in Grand Junction. We've been there. We've been to Grand Junction. That is a that's a small town. I love that they have mm -hmm. uh, Viking metal shows there. I would love to go to them. as soon as the Great Quar is over. I'm going to get into Viking metal bands, especially underground. <laughs> uh, midway through our show in Grand Junction, a homeless man walks in and walks up to the stage and pulls a live pigeon out of his pocket and places it on <laughs> and places it on our guitarist's foot. The pigeon stays on his foot for the entire song without moving as the man joined the mosh pit. 
<laughs> Once the song was over, the homeless man scooped up the pigeon from the stage, put it back in his coat pocket, and walked out of the emergency exit, <laughs> leaving us all stunned and wondering, wondering what the fuck just happened. I've never seen that homeless man again or his pigeon, but I hope they're moshing somewhere. Dwayne. Thank you, Dwayne. Oh. <laughs> Dwayne, that is the best story ever. Oh. God. oh god that's like that guy he's he's like that's a he's a magician he's a magic man he's a shaman <laughs> it's so perfect and those those these are my favorite banana stories we all have we get a lot of stories that are sort of like sex related or that kind of thing but this is uh this is one of those things that happens and it takes five minutes and you never forget it for the rest of your life never once mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah. so glad you shared this, Dwayne. Do you, Kurt, I think you know this story. You might have actually been there. I was, I was thinking about it because it's been a decade, but there was a night at Tillery Street where Carl and Bryce used to live. Remember that warehouse in Brooklyn on Tillery where they would, um, when we were doing hot dogs, they had that big loft space? Yeah, I don't Anyways. think I've ever been there. Huh. Well, that was a long time ago. Katie, I'm just going to jump to this part. So this reminds me of the story. You might have actually been there, Kurt, but I don't quite remember. But it was before I started to write TV. I was still a waiter, and my friends lived in this Brooklyn loft, and it was really amazing. It was basically all every floor, five floors. It was an abandoned industrial building, and people had started squatting. And the owners, I think, lived in Israel, and they had no idea anybody was there. So all these artists took it oh, over. Wait, time out. Time out. Time out. Yeah. I lived there for a little while, just so everyone's clear. Oh, Scotty Katie, leave it in. Said, <laughs> One. Scotty just <laughs> it was like, have you ever been to their place on Tillery Street? No, I have never been there. I don't think I've ever been there. I lived, I squatted there for a month. Yeah. In an, in an unheated apartment. Yes, that's right. That Carl let me into because he was the super for the building. There you go. Now we have, <laughs> we have, we have the snake is eating its own tail. We have circled the wagons. <laughs> so, I show up to a party there. They had this huge, by Brooklyn standards, an absolutely massive space. And it was a bunch of, it was like, peak hipsterdom, 2006, mm-hmm. everybody's got a beard. And I really only knew, like, two people at the party. But I was socializing, and there was kind of a big spread-out party. And we all noticed that this one guy who was walking around and he kept leaning into conversations and going ha 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 and laughing really rudely when people weren't (laughs) making jokes and then people would be like I'm sorry who are you and he would be like whatever and walk to the next group so this he looked like Riff Raff if you know the the crappy rapper Riff Raff uh, imagine uh, oh I thought you meant oh I thought you meant Heathcliff's Arch en- nemesis Riff Raff. Well, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, he looked like Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly. He just looked like uh, he d- didn't look like anybody else there. I'll say that. So Carl starts getting angry, and everybody starts getting weirded out. And it's that thing where somebody's crazy in the room, and nobody knows what to do about it. And also, it's that thing where it was a big enough party where people were like, maybe this is somebody's friend or boyfriend. Like, who is this? So. Eventually, Carl, our friend, goes over and he goes, hey, man, who do you know here? And the guy's like, I don't know who do you know here? <laughs> and, like, makes fun <laughs> of him and then just goes back to, like, opening a beer, drinking half of it, putting it down, walking over, tilting art. I mean, this guy was a menace. So finally, like, another 45 minute goes by and Carl's like, hey, I'm going to punch this guy. I'm going to tell him to leave or I'm going to punch him in the face. I need you to back me up. And I was like, okay. 
So the door to the loft was already open. You could go out into the halls. So Carl's like, hey, man, you need to get out of here. And the guy's like making fun of him still. He's like, seriously, get the fuck out of here. And he starts walking him to the door, walking behind this guy. So I start walking behind Carl. I'm like, here we go. And all of a sudden, this dude turns around in the doorway. And the whole party's watching. Every single eyeball was like, please get this guy out of here. I'm sure we shut the door as soon as he left. And the guy turns around, gets right in Carl's face, and he holds out his fist, and he opens it slowly, and there is a purple crystal on the palm of his hand. And he goes, this is what I'm all about. Closes his palm, <laughs> walks out the door. <laughs> walks out. Carl turns around, and he goes, I think that guy just won. And I go, he did. And we've never stopped talking about it. We, he was not invited. He was some rando. And right when he was about to get punched in the face, he held out a palm, and this guy... The furthest thing from somebody that should own a crystal. Like, and uh, this is what I'm all about. And we just froze. <laughs> we were like, is it going to cast a spell on us? Uh, it was uh, incredible. Oh, uh, I'll never forget as long as I live. It was so good. Oh, I love him. He is, he is, he is, uh, he is a perfect, he is the brother of the, of the pigeon. The pigeon man. man. Oh God, that's so great. Isn't it? There is something I'm sure you've had that with hecklers or like people chose sometimes if you just do something so uh, such a mm-hmm. hard turn or something so out of left field it jars people in a way where you it like deactivates the situation it's really cool when it happens I love it isn't it and so good I'm just good? thinking about that I've been to I've been to parties in that place so many times and there was, I remember some rooftop parties. Yeah, great rooftop. Where it was like a week after a guy, they had been having a party up there, and a guy got hit by lightning. Really? And his, yes, and got, and his shoes got seared to the, the, the roof, Whoa. and he got thrown like 20 feet. Whoa. Yeah, I remember Amazing. Carl telling me about it. Amazing. Um, so, but anyway, the reason I lived there was that, so when I, you know, I, uh, I've sp- spoken about it in, in chunks and passing uh-huh. on the podcast before, but when I was, I had been dating a woman for 13 years. That's right. Uh, we decided to take a month off to yes. sleep with other people, to decide whether or not we're going to get married. Yep. That month turned into three months. Yes. And so for the first month, I was living in my friend Damien's <laughs> living room. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, uh, on like the floor, he didn't have a door to his no, bedroom. I was trying to sleep with as many people as possible. It's yeah, a bad great situation. Combo. Great combo. So then I got in touch with Carl. Carl's like, "Listen, I'm the super for this building. The, yes, nobody knows of anything about. There's a there's an apartment that's unheated, but I have keys to. Do you want to live there? <laughs> right. So I was like, yes. And so again, I like bring in like a futon on the floor and I have right. all these space heaters. And this is February. It's very, very fucking cold. I remember there was like ice forming on the windows and oh. I just had all the space heaters turned towards <laughs> the bed. And then I would meet a- women at bars and then bring them back to this oh, place boy. where I was like squatting with like oh, boy. heaters on the floor. <laughs> it was like I, I'm so embarrassed for my, for my former self. 
Uh, but I, yeah, I spent a long, a long time in there. It was very difficult to hang out when it when it was thirty degrees inside. I think but, it's great. Uh, you gave those nice ladies a story. You're a nice guy. They had a they had a one night stand <laughs> with a guy whose bed was uh, an igloo with space heaters pointed at it in a building filled of squatters. That's a great New York story. Now they live in Ohio. They have a family. But you'll be one, you're one of those guys. You just yeah. you're one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. I'm one of I'm, I'm the lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> in someone's you're, past. You're the crystal, you're the pigeon man, you're you're <laughs> space heater, you're tall guy space heater. Full circle. God damn it. Well, we did it again, Scotty. That's another mini sode. Yeah, thank you exactly right, Karen and Georgia. Thank you to Katie Levine, our wonderful producer who puts all this together, and our wonderful intern Lisa Magid for helping us out on social media. Yeah, and thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Kurt. Good to see you, my friend. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 